The Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100 and get $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Final Four Watch Party. This Saturday, sweat out your bets and win prizes with Ryan, Sean, and Colby over on YouTube.com slash Sports Gambling Podcast. Plus, make sure to fill out our listener survey for a chance to win $100 SGPN gift card. Just go to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash survey. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And, folks, as always, it's all good, baby, baby. It was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oaklawn. Hey, if you're listening to the show, if you like the show, give give it a review. Give us a review, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you, you know, get your, your podcast. Uh, it helps me get in the algorithm. And it's always good to be on the good side of the algorithm. Someone who's never on the bad side of the algorithm is joining me today, I think. Ladies and gentlemen, for, I don't know, getting up, creeping up to close, you know, to double digits now, Mr. Mark Capitan. Mark, what's up, buddy? How's it going, Chase, man? Uh, you know, we're getting to that point in the year where the, uh, you know, the good horse racing starts showing up. Uh, you know, obviously this uh, Oakland Park sequence we're going to talk about is is absolutely phenomenal. It's a, it's a stellar sequence. A lot of fun, a lot of good races. Uh, you know, I know. Uh, and then honestly, the late sequence is also really good. We talked a lot of that on, uh, you know, on our On the Wrong Lead stream last night, which you uh, you hopped on with. Um, you know, I, I think this weekend, the Oakland card is, you know, at least Saturday is just phenomenal. It's nice. You know, I think you, you make it through the winter and it's kind of the dregs are racing and we all try to kind of ignore that racing's just not that good over the winter. Yeah. And uh, we're finally starting to get into some real good, good stakes action, good, you know, solid horses. Um, you're seeing those those big money horses, the ones that, uh, you know, firing big performances. Um, and I'm getting excited. It's, I'm getting fired up. It's, uh, you know, almost derby season. It's all good. Yeah, between between the Florida Derby, the Arkansas Derby, both being this Saturday like it's at fever pitch like these are the prestigious you know state derbies derby preps that that are out there like you outside of this what do you have left you got what the the bluegrass maybe the what the Peter Pan like yeah. as a very late but that's not even yeah, like a derby Anita, that's yeah Santa Anita has theirs as well yeah you um, I guess you will have the Santa Anita derby too yeah which I mean I it's not a real race, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> which of the twelve Baftines that enter are going to be, uh, you right. know, is the right Baftine? Like, listen, I love, listen, I, I love you guys. I have love for the West Coast. Um, I, I'm equal opportunity, uh, you know, with my, with my, my love for coasts. I'm pH balanced. Penthouses on both coasts. Uh, that is a childish Gambino line. Uh, I'm just continuing with the reappropriation of hip hop uh, into the horse racing potosphere. Uh, no, man, it, it looks like a, it looks like a great sequence uh, for this uh, middle pick five that we're going to be going to be looking at. Um, so I'm trying this a thing and I want to see what you think. I would like to make the Arkansas Derby the first leg of the quadruple crown. 
Only one has does has done it before. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We 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 have had a horse win all four. I mean, yeah. I don't hate that. Can we add the Travers to be the fifth jewel of the crown? Can, can well, we then, can go that far? I thought about this, but then then there wouldn't be a quadruple crown winner. Um, much less. I mean, if if we wouldn't, much less a sextuple crown. You know. Yeah, I was gonna say you, you could get the sextuple with a ha- Haskell, and then what's seven if we add the Breeders' Cup Classic? I mean, you could make yeah. it into uh, you know, I don't know. I, I do like the idea of though of um. Let's you know, let's be honest. Of, the Haskell, we can drop the Haskell. Haskell yeah, the the Haskell's not a real sextuple, race, right? right? Yeah. Except for when Gervin won, then it was the he was the greatest <laughs> Haskell horse of a Haskell horse of a lifetime, Gervin. I will say the Haskell the last year was pretty awesome, mainly because um, oh, one of my man. other league co-hosts um, was very against the winner, and it was a very nice day for me. It was there, there was a little, you know, when, when you're right and one of your friends is wrong, and you get to kind of rub it in for the next at least few years. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you, know, you gotta love that. You gotta hate having a Haskell hanging over your head for multiple years. <laughs> That's a tough beat right there. If uh, yeah. if you got a Haskell that that you take with you. You know, that one that you just don't compartmentalize, swallow, and then it just turns into a tumor someday. Well, I mean, you know, the, the Haskell and the Preakness, though, both sort of turned into the redheaded stepchildren of the midsummer stakes. Right? They like, really have. Yeah. The pre the Preakness gets no love. I absolutely love the Preakness. That's one. Of, I love the Preakness. I always hammer the Preakness. Yeah. The problem with the Preakness is it's, it's really one day of racing. And it's not like, oh, I follow this meet. I understand the bias. I understand the trainers and the jocks and the connections, whatever. Everybody ships in for that one day. Everybody's yeah. interested in playing the races for that one day, and then everybody ignores the fact that that track exists until yeah. the next year. I'd um, say one weekend, the Black Eyed Susan Day. Black okay, Black Eyed Susan. Yeah, Black Eyed Susan. True, true. Um, but yeah, you know, and I and I think uh, I, yeah, and then the Haskell sort of has that same sort of vibe to it as well now, where it's one day of good racing. I mean, okay, you can play Friday and Saturday; they're both good races, but then it's just like, eh. Or at least if you're playing, you know, if you're playing the Arkansas Derby, you have the entire meet and it's a great meet you know the connections and everything else and it's cool to see horses having the prep at oaklawn for the arkansas derby and it's also and there's some of these other races that we're going to talk as we get talking into the sequence um you know like this it starts off with this oaklawn mile there's clearly horses that came out of preps at oaklawn to run in this race so it's interesting to see that mile division shaping up it's interesting to see the the sprint division shaping up and you can kind of watch them shape you can see the local horses running at your own circuit you get to watch them in the prep like that's that makes it fun you get a little more personal connection to those horses absolutely well we are going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to be talking about the Oaklawn Park middle pick five that starts race five tomorrow on April Fool's Day. We will be right back with more Notorious OTB brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is now active in Massachusetts and tons of other states. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour marquee games of the week, we'll have a better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. And March Madness is here. So many ways to bet on the big dance. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, and it's limited to state availability. And, of course, for our DGens only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to winbet.com or download the WinBet app. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. 
Looking to hang out with Sean and Ryan at Stadium Swim and watch the biggest golf tournament in the world? You can win a three-night stay at Circle Las Vegas to hang out with the guys. This contest is completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash golf party. And if you don't win the contest, you can still get a discount on a room using promo code SGPN15. The Final Four Watch Party is going virtual. Hang out with the guys on their YouTube channel for the entire Saturday Final Four action. Live bets, prize giveaways, and much more. Subscribe to YouTube.com slash Sports Gambling Podcast and tune in on Saturday. Welcome back to the Notorious So TV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Got Mark Capitan with On the Wrong Lead, who uh, some you can probably catch on the YouTubes. And what the fuck are you doing on TV anyhow? You know, I get calls from back home every fucking day. They think you went batshit. <laughs> He's going to be talking through this middle pick five with me. I, I was talking with Mark before this. I, I You know, we, we talked about the uh, late pick four on On the Wrong Lead. We talked about the late pick five on, on the last episode of my podcast that came out, which I know you're like... Hey, Wolf of Oaklawn, how come you do two episodes on a Friday? Listen, it's my highest holiday. It's Arkansas Derby weekend. If you didn't think I was going to cover much of the, you know, most of this card, then you are an ignorant slut. All right, that was harsh. That let's was take, harsh. Yeah, <laughs> let's just let's blow past that. We're gonna blow past that. Let's set up the sequence. It's Oaklawn Park this Saturday, April Fool's Day, first of April, twenty twenty-three, the year of our Lord it starts. Race five, post time, three thirty-two Eastern, one thirty. Sorry, two thirty-two God's time. I almost messed up my own time zone there. Uh, just first off, what's your strategy for for this year's sequence? What what's the plan here? Yeah, you know, I think for me, um, I, all of these races, I sort of had. There's some logical pro- favorites that I think need. You know, I'm an a- ABC type handicapper, so yeah. I'm going to have primary tickets where I'm going to have my most likely winners, and I'm going to have some backup saber type tickets. Um, and I think there's there a bunch of these races where you have, you know, a standout favorite who makes a lot of sense. Um, I am against a couple of the favorites later in the sequence, but I think earlier in the sequence, uh, you know, I'm going to have most of my money running through some logicals with a couple saver tickets to some big prices that I do like. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, you had, you had mentioned you love a slammable pick five. I, there's, I think there's a chance this does become a fairly formful sequence and, you know, it pays, kind of a payout and you can have it three or four times pretty easily. But I think there's also a chance that you get one of these prices and all of a sudden it becomes a $1,500, $2,500 sequence. Uh, And you can, you know, at least have it once. So I think a little bit of structure. Um, I I think the fifth race is one of the ones I want to be a little skinny on. Uh, And um, yeah, you know, I I think, and I'll kind of jump right into it. I think Hopper in here, the seven horse is, uh, you know, probably your most likely winner in this race. Uh, the, you know, this is a West Coast invader for Bob Baffert. Bob Baffert does like to come into Oakland and thieve some of your. Oh, uh, well, let's slow it down there. Let's slow it down there, Johnny Hotcock. All right, let me set up this race for everyone. It's race five, the eight and a half furlong, or sorry, eight furlong, four hundred thousand dollar Oakland mile stakes. It's a Grade Three. Uh, he was on the right track, so I'm gonna let him uh, proceed. Go. Yeah, no, no. So, I mean, I, I think Hopper's got a, a lot of early speed in here. Uh, he's going to get out to the, you know, get out to the front end um, and come play catch me if you can, uh, you know, on Hall with the you know, Hall of Fame Jackie Johnny Velasquez aboard. Um, Johnny V has been riding, riding a lot of the real live Baffert mounts. Um, Baffert loves to come and steal these kind of stakes races. 
Uh, you know, pedigree for this one screams mile. Uh, this should be, you know, gets a little bit of a cutback off from his last two, which I think he was probably going a little too far in that San Anita handicap. And I think he's a major player here. I think he's your most likely winner. Um, you know, and, and then I think beyond that, I, I, I was getting into some prices. I think, you know, Smile Happy, who I think is your morning line second choice, does make some sense. But I really wonder if the, the figure comes back a little bit, uh, a little bit high on that last one. It was a, a slop aided fig. And a lot of times, you know, I, I saw you saw a huge improvement from two back to the last. So I kind of wonder if that, uh, you know, if that, if that fig is a little bit, a little bit, let's call it fake um for smile happy but but i still think smile happy could be a winner um sitting off if this gets a little bit a little bit fast on the front end closing into that hot pace but two other prices that i do like a bit in here are the two and the three uh necker island and hero status those are both horses that have historically done very well at a mile and they've been running at other distances necker island they ran a lot shorter than they tried to stretch them out in the essex um, and he kind of flopped horribly. And then Hero Status, who's also a horse that uh, has done very well at a mile, and they've tried to go a little further, and they're cutting him back to a mile again. Um, and Hero Status also has the added benefit of you know first time in the Dio Barn, which uh, is a, is a good move up angle. You're talking twelve to one and fifteen to one on those horses, uh, big prices that I think are live. So I want most of my money going through Hopper, but uh, you know I wouldn't mind a little Necker Island or a little Hero Status as well. Listen, I mean, if you've listened to this podcast, you you know me by this point. You know me. Uh, and you're saying to yourself that there's no way. I mean, what happened was Chase completely tossed the Bob Baffert horse here. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> I, I'm going to betray my core essence. I'm not staying true to my roots. And I'm singling the Bob Baffert. Um, yes, I'm, yes, I'm singling. I, I want to mingle. You want to mingle? Yeah. Now I, I'm opting to single the horse that I, that I think could be up front and make an early lead, even post. Uh, speed's going to carry uh, tomorrow. So I think Hopper is pretty much pretty much gone. It's just going to do that thing Bob Baffert horses do, which is they uh, run uh, really fast, and they do it uh, for a uh, really long time. Yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't argue with that. I mean, I Pretty think, much. Yeah, it takes yeah. care of it, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it, it kind of does. I mean, I, I think that's how this race does set up. I think Hopper has to falter for somebody else to to win this race. And, um, you know, the you know inside's been playing well. Johnny V's good at reading a bias. I think Hopper's going to get out, get clear. He can be able to get to that rail. And, um, you know, he, he's got to falter to uh, for somebody else to win. And I think if you're looking for a single in this sequence, Hopper is your, your most likely single there, probably of, of this sequence. I think I have to get singled somewhere considering because we have a pivot leg here between the late pick five and the middle pick five where they share race race nine. So basically this into a pick nine at this point. So I'm trying I have to hit the pick nine, you know, to be able to hit or have to hit the pick five to be able to hit the pick nine. And uh, with that, you know, when I know that the second pick five, I'm spending about one hundred and forty four dollars on that ticket. I need to get skinny in this middle sequence. And it's just. It's fortunate enough that I feel don't feel like I'm forcing getting skinny. Like I, I think there are legitimate spots where where it's easy to say, okay, I've got a single here. But let's move it on uh, to where I am very not skinny. It's race six, the six furlong, hundred ten thousand dollar. Oh god damn it, Arkansas bred maiden special weight race. Uh, since I've single in the previous race, I've bought myself some goodwill here. With that goodwill, I will be purchasing this whole goddamn race pretty much. Uh, Mark, who do you got here? What did you like? 
Yeah, you know, I think we, we've all talked about these Arky Bread races. If you are looking for bombs galore, uh, these Arky Bread places are, are races are the place to go. It's not a claiming race, which, you know, a maiden claimer, which those are really crazy. But, uh, you know, I, I think you know, the, the two morning line favorites are the five and the six next Thursday in Nagala. Um, you know, but I, I still have some questions in here. Um, you know, I, I specifically at Nagala, Ren, uh, Ron Moquette is really terrible with maiden second timers. Uh, he's only 7% with a terrible ROI. So, you know, that horse being the morning line favorite does not make me feel warm and fuzzy. And then next Thursday is hung really bad in um, her last two starts. She's been second. Um, it just hasn't been able to get it done. I, I realized that, you know, the, the first out, uh, the horse that won her first out, and I'm not even going to try to say that name, uh, is a, you know, came back to win. So, okay, maybe that does flatter her a little bit, but I think I want a fresh face in here. So I'm going to actually have most of my money going through the two first-time starters. That's the nine Miss Double and the 11 Aloha Baby. Um, you know, I, I always love when I see a good jock, and that being uh, Santana, getting up for kind of a no-name trainer in – Again, another name of a trainer I'm not going to say, but the trainer of Miss Double. Um, so, you know, normally that means that horse is pretty live. And if you have a, uh, you know, live horse in an Arky bred race, you want to show them off on, you know, <laughs> you know, the biggest racing day on the calendar at that track. So I thought Miss Double at 12 to 1 was pretty interesting. And um, also Aloha Baby, another thing. You got Torres taking them out, 22% jock for somewhat smaller connection, you know, smaller barn um for the whip barn so i thought the 11 aloha baby made quite a bit of sense both of them have pretty darn good work tabs coming into this race and you know i think they're horses that historic you know these first time starters and these types of races do tend to get a little bit overlooked on the horizontal so i feel like i'm going to get a little bit of value uh trying to lean into those two horses here so uh you know the nine and the 11 are going to be my top choices and then i'm going to do the uh, the thing we always tell people never to do which is use defensive b's to favorites and i'm going to make the five and the six both b type horses i want a little money going through next thursday in nagala they're, they're your logicals i just don't really know if uh if i love him so being a little cute here so i just want to say for the record he he's not saying the trainer name for uh for miss double uh oletario altamarino uh because uh not because it's like trained by Voldemort and it's the trainer that we like can't say but just because he was going to have a devil of a time uh trying to pronounce it yeah, I'm terrible. I'm terrible with hard names. And yeah. boy, that is a that is a name. I'm going full Gary Shandling show. I'm breaking the fourth wall here, talking right right directly to the audience. Um, so I I you mentioned three of the horses that I have uh next Thursday, Nagala, and then the first Aloha baby. So I'm just gonna throw out the two uh additional ones I had. The two sassy lass. We got C Dash up for Burl the Pearl McBride. C Dash, Chelsea Bailey. C what was it? Was it? C yeah, Chell dash C yeah C dash Chell C with it with it. There's a dash in there. It's, it's yeah, a yeah. odd spelling, but and I mean an dude, MMA fighter, dude. Much respect. I, I, w- I would never tell her to her face that it's an odd spelling because she'd kick my ass. But listen, I used to not think that she was a, a very good jockey at all, but she's gotten better. I will say she's gotten a lot better. Uh, so Sassy Lass eight to one. Uh, the only fast track figure in this horse's pass is plenty plenty fast enough to win this race pretty much and i'm literally throwing any horse i feel like might be worth a damn and could win this race at it that includes sassy, sassy last and the other one was the seven arden r 20 to one it's a bigger price 
Uh, and it's a horse that showed it could pass a little bit in the debut, and I like that that big price at 20-1. to 1. I'm spread out five wide. Yes, I'm using some defensive chalk in there, but I, I mean, listen, if you if you want to come at me for my, my structure here, uh, which I, I'm used to. Many men wish death upon me. Come at me, dog. That's fine. But I'm using both of those horses. Yeah, and it's also interesting to see that uh, you know this this horse was uh, you know previously trained by Eric Nelson, moves into the Renee Burrell uh, barn, who I think is that's Kelvin's uh, wife, correct? I think so. so. And yeah. Kelvin takes the well, they're Cajun. It could be his brother, you know. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, it, it could be Re- Renee. Louisiana Renees can go either way. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's his wife. But uh, I know that the two of them have. Uh, he's done actually very well when he does ride for his wife. So, um, and you can twist that any way you want. Yeah, I mean it's Louisiana. His wife's name could be Wally Net for all, you know. That's my that's my favorite uh, Louisiana jockey name is. I can't remember what the last name is, but the name is definitely Wally Net. It's W A L L Y N E T T E. Wally, you know, okay. with two T's and an extra E to make it just you know. That's a name. Fancy, very <laughs> fancy, very French. All right, we're gonna take a quick break here at the Notorious TV. When we get back. We got three more races to go through, including the One Mile Hot Springs Stakes. We'll be right back. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is heating up for March Madness. College Pick'em is a great way to get in on the action, especially if your bracket is busted after day one. Plus, Underdog Fantasy has your favorite college basketball player props. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Welcome back to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast. We're digging through this middle pick five. We're on race seven, the third leg, six furlongs, $50,000, non-winners of two somethings in some time or some other condition. It's an optional claimer. Um, I'm very excited about one horse in this race, so I'm going to let you just take it away, and I'm going to let you know if you're right or not. Yeah, so I think my top selection here is going to be the four-horse Osborne. Um, This is a horse that... If you cross, you know, if you do a little crossing races off that are on wet tracks, uh, the form substantially improves, uh, you know, enough tactical foot to be involved early. I think that, you know, if Osborne runs back to that two back race where Bejarano was up, uh, you know, I I think he's going to be really, really, really tough in here. And, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, I think he's just going to be real, real tough in here. The other horse that I wanted a little bit of coverage to is the six straight no chaser for for Dan Blacker. This is a horse that is getting a ton of class relief off the G1 Malibu and the G3 Pals Faraday's, you know, and and another one who straight no chaser is probably going to get very loose on the front end in here. Um, You know, I, I know that on paper, somebody like a much better or a rugs can both go with straight no chaser. But I think with, uh, you know, the little bit of class relief, straight no chaser is going to get pretty loose here and he's going to see how far he can carry him. Um, so I'm going to have most of my money going through both Osborne, the four and six straight no chaser. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Come on now. No, man, I'm I'm getting bold here. I've got a second single. Hit me two times. 
I'm talking a legitimate stakes talent in this race. Archie bread or open. You're going to say Garhole, aren't you? I'm going to say Garhole. I, when it comes to Garhole. Little pig boy. Can I get the definition? Little pig boy. He's that pathetic, dirty bitch baby mistress gets the stand on. I love Garhole. This is an elite Archie bread horse. It has the looks of a push-button horse. Whatever style you need to win, Garhole's got for you. He takes it to the hole. That's a basketball thing, I'm told. I don't know. Never watched the sport. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's easy to single this horse. It's not an obvious single. It's a nice little contrarian single. And I'm not even gonna like gonna get into breaking down the the pace like crazy because, like I said, it's a push-button horse that will do whatever it takes to win. The horse just knows how to win. All he does is win, 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 no matter what, except for when he loses. Then he's excuses. So I like Garhol in the spot. And I, and I you know, I, I, should, I should say, I like Garhol the horse. I think he's a very, very, very talented horse. Yeah. Well, how Mike, do you feel about Garhol the person? <laughs> <laughs> do you have a Gar? I mean, that is quite the Arkansas name. I mean, there, there are yeah. definitely holes with Gar in them. So therefore, I mean, you know. You like a fishing hole? I mean, you got a good God. fishing hole. Alligator, but, uh, or we are surrounded by dinosaurs here. <laughs> but you know, my issue with Garhole is that if you look at how they've campaigned him, this is a bit of an odd spot. This is an optional 50. Um, and if you look back through his running lines, when they tend to run him in these optional races, he's not cranked. Um, what you tend to see is they use these as a building block for a black type stakes. So what they, they did was, you know, they ran him in and they've run him in a couple optional forties, optional fifties. And then the next out start was the one he fired in. Now he does win these, but I think the company he's facing in this is a little bit tougher than what he normally does. And I wonder if, you know, he ran that King cotton and then, uh, I think it's a noble bird after that, you know, he had a big effort in the noble bird. Does he? bounce a little here does he is this a, a sort of that prep race for that next black type start that he might be making it's hard to you know it's hard to fault a horse who's six for nine across the track and um you know this is the only track he's ever won at but i just sort of wonder if maybe he's not a hundred percent cranked for this off that last effort he's a hundred and ten percent cranked all the time <laughs> Don't you worry about that. Let's move on. Let's hit race eight, the eight furlong, $200,000 hot spring stakes. This should be a graded stakes. I'm just going to say, uh, I'm appalled that it's not should be a graded stakes. Uh, and this is probably the best race of this specific pick five sequence. This might if, be the best race on the entire card. If not the weekend, it's really good. It's extremely good. Uh, it's extremely competitive. It's chock full of early speed. There's going to have to be some tactics here because I'm not sure if the, that a horse can actually just get out and, and you know, brute force it. I think it's a horse that's going to be able to sit, you know, right behind a, 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 a pace meltdown. I've got two horses that I'm keyed on specifically, but I'm very interested to hear which direction Mr. Mark Capitan went. Yeah, so we were talking about this uh, kind of backstage before we got going, and I think you're going to look back at this race in, let's say, maybe two years. You know, when some of these horses are getting ready to retire, and you're gonna you're gonna realize that half of these horses end up being graded stakes winners. This race is absolutely loaded. There are a ton of horses in this race who had were on the Kentucky Derby Trail and either had an off race, they had a setback, they had a problem, and they landed here as a prep for to see kind of what are they made of and how do they, you know, where do they, what's their rest of their year 
get, uh, you know, look like? How are they planning? Where are they going? You know, are they horses that are going to go maybe stay in allowance company or maybe stay in that Midwest scene? Do they ship them to Saratoga for some of the big money races? What do they do with them? So um, this is, and I will say, I also, I'm not a person that ever buys a race and uses every horse. That's very, almost never happens with me. I will probably have coverage to every horse here and I, and I want to be covered here because I think that this race is a lot flatter than the board is probably going to imply it is. Um, I ended up on top having three horses. Those are the, that's the one powerful for Steve Asmussen, the two eyeing Clover for Brad Cox and the six caramel road for Bob Baffert. Um, those are my top three. Uh, you know, powerful was a horse that was in really good form, caught an off track in the rebel just did not seem to handle the track at all. Uh, they're cutting him back to a mile here. I think that hits him right between the eyes pedigree wise. Um, gaff has been phenomenal when he was riding at Oak lawn and, uh, gaff was also up on that Ed Brown stakes at Churchill going six and a half for this one. So, uh, you know, he's a horse that can pass other horses. You're getting 12 to one on the morning line and figures wise, he fits right in here with, with some with this uh this group so you know i know i guess it depends on the figure you use i'm a time form person on time form he's right there uh you know iron clover has a very similar sort of thing for brad cox horse they shipped up to the gotham caught a sloppy track didn't appear to really like the track that much faded badly in the stretch going a mile He's going to catch a fast track here, and I think if he fires back to that two-back race, the fairgrounds at optional 100, he's a major player in here. Now, you're going to get the Cox, you know, the Flo Cox money is going to come in. He's going to be obviously much shorter than powerful, but he's a horse that can definitely get it done. Um, you know, and then the other horse that I was, you know, most high on is Caramel Road, another horse shipped to the Gotham clearly didn't handle the off going. Um, he was bumped at the break and weakened badly in the stretch. Eric Cancel just kind of sat him up. And, um, you know, another one that if you look back to some of his previous races, his maiden breaker or that Los Al Futurity race, um, where he was second to practical move, he's a horse that, you know, this, you know, seems to be what he wants to do. And also it's pretty impressive to see a horse that broke their maiden going a mile. Um, most horses break their maidens, you know, six, six and a half furlongs. When you can break your maiden going a mile and you're coming back at that distance, it's pretty impressive. So I think Caramel Road in here makes a lot of sense, but interested to see how you saw this race chase. Cause I think a lot of times you have a better understanding of how Oakland plays, especially this mile distance at Oakland is a very tricky one, given the somewhat short run up and uh, kind of interesting track layout. Yeah, so I mean, people have probably heard me say this plenty of times, but I, I, I really don't think that you want to be out on the lead necessarily in a mile race uh, at, at Oakland going two turns because on the short stretch mile. It's what everyone thinks you should be. Logically, you should be, but you see uh, it, it seems like a lot of artificial pace meltdowns where everyone f- thinks they have to be out on the lead, and then you have a lot of horses come from off the pace. Uh, I think... Uh, you don't need to artificialize this here pace meltdown because I think it's it's just going to happen on its own. It's naturally going to happen. So uh, I think that if you're on the lead or within a length of the lead, you're likely not going to win this race. And so that takes me to two places. And that's the three gun pilot, seven to two, another Steve Asmussen horse. Uh, you, you know, I, I think that the cutback makes all the sense in the world. And I like that they're staying aggressive and keeping this horse with stakes company after it just absolutely flopped in the rebel. Uh, the other one was the five frosted departure. Uh, stakes winner at six furlongs. The stretch out hasn't been kind, 
but maybe this eight furlong distance hits Frosted Departure just smack dab between the eyes. Uh, it could be a horse that, uh, and this is the theme for just the weekend in general, uh, I think, is a horse in search of a fast track. The weather has been what the French call lay dog shit. Uh, pretty much the entire meet. It's been just pouring. It seems like I, you know, someone was asking me, like, what are the track trends? I'm like, what track trends? There are no track trends because every time that you have a track trend, some hellacious spring storm comes and just completely washes any sort of bias just away. You know, just it's it's the bias is now somewhere with Tom Cruise and a fucking volleyball just swept out to fucking sea. So, you know, it's been a tough meet. I'm I'm not bitter. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So. But yeah, I'm sticking with the two the two horses, Gunpilot, Frosted De- Departure. Uh, give this give Frosted Departure a fast track. The horse really showed that it knows how to knows what to do, and it's got a target to run into. So I was I was just three five there, and here we go, race nine. Hey Chase, before we go on, question for you here. Sure. The seven horse in the yeah. In thank the... you for raising your hand. Also, that was very polite. Oh, so, sorry. So I did a little yeah. hand raise. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, um, Mark. Uh, Rocking Rocket, the seven. Delaine Lucas, uh, Raylu Gutierrez gets the mount here. This is a horse that, another one of these, that sort of if you, scro- if you cross off the off-track performances, the uh, you know the form cycle really improves a lot. I, I, this horse has passed other horses, um, and I think they just, in that allowance race last out at Oakland, just were going too far, going a mile and a 16th. Do you think that the form improves with a cutback to a mile here with a horse that can kind of, you know, we're going to have a couple horses on the front end. I would imagine Ray Lou is going to try to sit second flight, get a little cover. Um, any chance that the the coach can get it done here with uh, Rock and Rocket? Putting in the winner's circle, but no. I think the horse is just way too slow. I, compared to this field, I think this horse is incredibly slow. Okay. I, I I don't think it I don't think it could can keep up at all. I I see the improvement. I see the you know the little step forward with the stepping onto a fast track. But like back when it had a fast track, I mean that figure is is like almost twenty points below, you know what what some of these other horses do. So I like the coach. I'm all for the coach. I like his his cowboy hat, puff you know bubble goose jacket and, and sunglasses look. It's very DB Cooper. Maybe he is DB Cooper. We don't know what we never know. You know, there's not such things as DNA testing. Oh, wait. I'm going to get D. Wayne Lucas swatted by suggesting that he is D.B. Cooper. Moving on to race nine, eight and a half furlongs, $110,000 maiden special weight. Uh, This was the first leg of uh, the pick five for the episode that I just put out. So I'll come back through and, uh, just kind of tell you the, the the ones I'm using. I'm not going to. I won't get too deep into it. Uh, but I will let Mark get deep into it. Uh, I was four deep here. Uh, you have to spread, right? What what? Who'd you take? Yeah, I was I was three deep here. I agreed that you have to spread. Um, again, these races are really tough. Uh, you know, I ended up on the one, the four and the eight. Um, the one night effect is for Riley Mott. If anybody's not familiar, uh, Bill Mott's son, Riley, his, uh, you know, was, who is his kind of his understudy for the past six or eight years, um, has started his own barn up and he's, he's been doing really well. He's got stables at Oaklawn and he also has a stable down at Gulfstream. Um, I've had a couple of friends actually move horses to Riley and they've been extremely impressed with, uh, with how he's running his stable, how he's managing his horses. Um, and it's always nice when you have, you know, a hall of fame dad, when you ever have a question about a horse, say, Hey dad, what do I do with this one? Yeah. You know, it's a, it, it's always a nice thing. 
Um, if you look at those, you know, this horse is 12 to one on the morning line. Um, but if you look at those two last two works, uh, second of 39 and second of 20, um, horse has some legitimate speed. Uh, pedigree says this one should really like this trip. It's always scary picking a maiden going long first out, but, uh, you know, if you are somebody like Riley Mott and you're trying to make an, you know, a name for yourself as a young trainer showing up on a big day with a real live Mount is a definite way to get people talking. So I have a gut feeling that night effect might be actually really live here from the rail. Um, Gamekeeper was another horse that I was interested in. Um, horse had some legitimate issues in that last out effort. Uh, and uh, but I also find it funny that uh, Keith Asmussen is 67% when he rides for Dwayne Lucas, which is a weird stat. You'd assume that his dad would be giving him the uh, the the you know the live mounts, but maybe the coach has given him some live mounts. So uh, I thought the, you know, I, I wasn't as, you know, that scared with Gaff getting off and uh, Asmussen, you know, Asmussen getting up. Um, and, and I thought Gamekeeper here at a bit of a price definitely has a pedigree that should get this longer distance and does have some fitness now. So uh, I thought Gamekeeper made a lot of sense. The other horse I liked a fair bit in here was Route Runner, the eight for Asmussen. Uh, this is where Gaff landed after getting off the four. Um, you know, this... It, Whenever you see a horse, so if you look at how this horse was campaigned last year for, for Steve, um, you know, he ran in a, a maiden at Ellis Park, ran fairly well. And then you see the ship to Kentucky Downs. The horse ran really well on the turf, even though he really has no turf pedigree. Um, it's a horse that, and if you, you're shipping a horse to Kentucky Down to run a maiden race, that is the deep end of the pool in the United States. Uh, Kentucky Downs, everybody wants to win a, win a race there. Uh, you're going to see the best of the best. So obviously Asmussen thought quite a bit of this horse after that race, you see the really long layoff until February. Uh, I would imagine the horse needed to start to get some foundation and then shows up here. So I, I would somewhat disregard the horse being a little bit slow figures wise compared to some of the others in here. And I think you see a nice progression, a nice step forward in this race. Horse did look like a bit of a grinder last out, but you know, it's a gun runner going a little further. The distance shouldn't be a problem. So I think route runner or route runner or however you want to say it, uh, the eight is uh, a pretty live one here as well. Yeah, you mentioned a couple of the ones that I had. Uh I, I was also on the uh the one uh night effect at twelve to one the first time for uh, Riley Mott. I had the two auto glide fifteen to one. Uh flash some wheels last out uh, on the turf at, at LP. That's Ellis Park. Uh Get second career start today. Adds Lasix for the first time. Should be out near the front. Uh, the five, the chalk, seeking unity. Uh, dominates this field on speed. Figs also has a little bit of nice tactical speed despite never winning, which is a little bit of a red flag. But uh, it shows that it has the move that's so capable of winning. And then the eight, route runner, Aspison, uh gets Gaffleone up. He just keeps ticking up in win percentage, 1% a week. He's going to be at 17% by the end of this meet. And I think considering how slow he started and how many horses he runs on a daily basis, considering he was at like 9% for the law of the meat, pretty impressive that he's probably going to end up around 17%. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I will say with your five seeking unity, um, I had mentioned earlier in this in the show that I was very much against a short priced favorite. I think this horse ends up at like even money in this field um, yeah. on figures. Seeking unity is quite a bit faster than everybody else in here. And I am hard against this horse. Um, you know, if uh, Rad Ortiz can't get the horse to win two back and this horse is also 
finished second three times in a row. You know, you always talk about these horses that develop it, you know, whether you call it a case of the hangs, they don't, they're a little camera shy. They don't have that killer instinct. They haven't quite figured it out. Maybe they're more of just a pack animal, whatever, whatever adage you want to use. Um, I think seeking unity is one of those. And I think this horse can be very short. There's going to be a lot of people trying to single seeking unity in this race. And I just don't, I, the horse would be on none of my tickets. I just think this horse, uh, if you're making a trifecta or even an exacta, this horse is one you definitely want to include, but I want this horse underneath. And I just, uh, you know, I, I like to bet against these kind of horses because I think long-term you're ROI positive in doing so. So let's go ahead. Let's recap these tickets. Uh, mine ended up for a 50 cent base wager play. Uh, ended up being 20 bucks. Uh, so we started off with the single of the seven hopper in the first leg. Second leg, uh, we used the two sassy last, the five next Thursday, the six Nagala, the seven Arden R, and the 11 Aloha Baby. You remember when I boomed it at Aqueduct with Hawaiian noises? Hawaiian noises, Aloha Baby. It just feels. You have a Hawaiian thing. Yeah. I have a, I have a Hawaiian thing. I found a Hawaiian shirt the other day that I think I'm going to order that's just got uh, like flowers and beagle faces on it. All uh, right, race seven, I'm singled again to the versatile Garhol, uh, three to one. Uh, then race eight, uh, we were the three gun pilot, the five frosted departure, and then we finished it up going four deep. But the one night effect, the two auto glide, the five seeking unity, and the eight route runner. Like I said, 20 bucks for a 50 cent play. Uh, yep. Go ahead. I am, I, you, you've got all sorts of structure. Just laid out. Just I have all sorts of structure. I'll give you my my top picks, and then maybe I can throw something up that you can, or I'll send you something you can throw in the uh, the comments on uh, you know on wherever you are posting this uh, you posting the audio. But it's my, everywhere. My, it's everywhere you get your podcast. Everywhere you get your podcast stuff. Um, my top selections will be in race five, the seven, race six, the nine, and the eleven. Race seven, the four and the six, race eight, the one, two and six, and race nine, the one, four and eight. And if my math is correct, that's an $18 all A. So it means that the, the structure won't be terrible. So, you know, my, my ticket, I'll probably play with like a $125, $150 sort of structure at a pick five like this, looking yeah. to turn that maybe into $1,500, kind of a 10x return. I like that. I like it. I like it. Uh, Mark, go ahead. Shout it out. Let us know where we can, uh, where we can find you. Yeah, so uh, you know, a group of friends and myself uh, do a little stream on Thursday evenings. It's called On the Wrong Lead. You can find it on YouTube, on Twitter. Uh, we have a lot of informer instructional videos for newer handicappers, um, and also some even dive into some really deeper and end topics. If you uh, want to learn, be a bit more astute in the game, check us out on the YouTube's at On the Wrong Lead. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at On The Wrong Lead. Uh, OnTheWrongLead.com is our website where we post some articles, have some merch, all that kind of fun stuff as well. Uh, but, yeah, if you want to check out the live stream, it's every Thursday at 8.30 Eastern Time. I didn't catch the verdict. Is Gwyneth Paltrow going to pay you your money that she owes you for hitting you on the ski slopes? Um, I, I think any day now. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm emotionally scarred from that incident. It was just the worst. Yep. So if you're listening to the algorithm, Gwyneth Paltrow skiing accident knows him millions of dollars. That's going to be it because I've still not yet found a non-weird way to end this show. We will catch you next week. Enjoy Arkansas Derby weekend. Thank your lucky stars for Arkansas racing. We will catch you next week.